Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our BFC Live guest today is Dana Shockett. She is the President and Chief Executive Officer of O2 Vape. She wanted to come on and talk about the impact a recent stimulus bill in the U.S. has had on the vape industry. Dana Shockett, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jay. Uh, I'm, it's a pleasure, and we're going to learn a lot, which is what uh, I think the point is. Um, we are in the midst of COVID. Uh, government is taking lots of action to uh, both here in Canada and in the U.S. to um, mitigate the economic blow, uh, keep people um, well, from poverty, keep people from getting sick, all the things that government is doing. Uh, one of the things the government does in the States is passed a um, stimulus bill, I think in December, you're going to correct me for all my mistakes. It was, uh, they passed it, but it wasn't signed in until uh, that was one of the things that the uh, ex-president did on his way out the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll leave that. We'll let that lie. Um, but part right. of that uh, had major impacts on your business. Um, and uh, well, for my purposes, I'm going to call them unintended consequences, but you're going to tell me if they are unintended or intended, what did that bill okay. say as it relates to, to your business? So what they did is they passed the Jenkins slash PAC Act that they tucked into the stimulus bill on page 5,179. Read by all it's members about, of Congress, no doubt. Absolutely. Right. It's about three pages, but basically, and it was actually sponsored by uh, the person who initiated the bill was uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein out in California. And what it did is, it took a 1949 act called the Jenkins Act that was initially started to stop cigarette trafficking. And so that the people couldn't get away with not paying the state sales tax on cigarettes or tobacco, which the definition of a cigarette is finely ground tobacco in a white paper. Let's be clear, that's the definition of a cigarette. Then in 2010, they came up with the PACT Act, which is Prevent Online Cigarette Trafficking Act. I'm getting it all, the acronym wrong. The acronym, right, the word the, the, uh, of what it stands for. But it's basically that what they did is they then, because e-commerce is here, so they did the PACT Act to include that you can't ship tobacco or tobacco products through the internet. Um, and that's what they did. So in the stimulus bill, they modified that to include what they call ENDS devices, which is an electronic nicotine delivery system is what an ENDS device stands for. But what they did is they cast their little net so far that they included anything that is considered an electronic vaporizer, apparatus, part, accessory, anything that goes to an electronic vaporizer and they don't care what you're vaping with that electronic vaporizer. So it could be a CBD oil, a hemp oil, it could be cannabis, it could be essential oils, vitamins, e-liquid, nicotine, they don't care. And they specifically laid out every one of those things. I mean, I could read it to you if you want, but I won't bore the, bore the readers or the listeners with it, but that's basically what they did. And they actually even said any accessory or anything, any component, any component of it. 
So even the little rubber O-rings that go in top of your mouthpiece would be considered a component. And they deigned those cigarettes, basically. And so what are we, so, uh, what are we talking about specific that, that cannot so it, now be shipped? Everything. So what it did is, and the stimulus bill and this Jenkins slash PAC Act only applied to the United States Postal Service. So they only applied to them. But what happened is, and I'm sure that there was some lobbying or don't want to say the word blackmail, but what happened is immediately after that, the private, three main private shipping companies came out, which would be FedEx, UPS, and DHL said, we're all on board too. Actually, FedEx came out first. Um, I have some friends fairly high up um, in UPS and they said, oh, UPS will never do that. No, we'll never do that. Three weeks later, UPS came out and said that they were going to do it. So that has left companies such as O2 Vape and many of my competitors, people I do business with that, are, that I supply their hardware for with no means to ship their products especially when it comes to what we call small pack. So they basically have totally disenfranchised the small business to medium business and even the large businesses. This affects my major competitors that are on the New York Stock Exchange that have no way to ship your products. Now they're basically wiping out the B to C. We still don't know what's happening quite yet with B to B. However, you still have to have somebody to take your parcels. We here at O2Vape, we do a lot of white label and OEM. So we make the hardware, we make the cartridges, we make the batteries for a lot of the concentrate makers and the CBD players in this industry. You know, they might order a hundred. I have quite a few big players in Massachusetts that I make the hardware for, and they might order a hundred thousand cartridges every two months from me. That's a hundred boxes. Now, something like that, if the shipping company will take it, I can get it on a pallet, but we have dispensaries that we supply batteries to that might only buy, you know, a thousand and that's maybe two boxes of 40 pounds. No trucking company is going to come for something like that. That's stuff that you normally would ship via UPS or FedEx. Now, UPS, their language in their memorandum, they actually said that we're going to stop shipments to the United States from the United States and within the United States. So I cannot even use UPS to ship to Canada. Right, because it's, it's now, a Jeez. Now, of course, Canada's not coming on this. So UPS, you can ship they stuff through UPS, no problem, up in Canada. You can right. ship cannabis in the mail and in, in, in your post, yes. in the Canadian post. And, the government, and the, actually, the government does it. So it's Exactly. So the, the people who this is really going to hurt, unfortunately, um, and it's not just about the shipping. The other part of this that in the PAC Act and the Jenkins Act is the compliance that we have to do to stay compliant, such as I have to register with the attorney general's office. I have to put a, I have to register with every city, township, state taxation office, collect the tax, send documents to them. They want a complete, complete chain of custody from who this goes to, to every person that touches it, okay? Including the name and address of the person who delivered it. It's I wild, eh? If I had an FFL, a federal firearms license, I'd have a third of the documentation that I would have to do 
for to ship a gun to you right. than what I have to do to ship a, a micro USB charger. This is a micro USB charger. This right. is a cigarette now. This vape battery, variable button, 3.7 fixed voltage. Our patented, I, I own the patent on this pen. Our patented Flip Ultra is now a cigarette. This empty cartridge is now a cigarette. This is an accessory. This is a case that holds a battery. This is now not allowed to be shipped in the mail or so, anywhere. So, so we, I mean, it, it was super far reaching, um, overreaching, obviously legislation. Exceedingly. It got passed as part of obviously a much larger bill. Um, so what, what is the, I mean, I don't know if there's recourse, but what, what are you pushing for with your colleagues and, and the industry right now? Anybody who is listening to this needs to get to their state congressman, especially their, their state senator, whatever lobby people they might be connected to. I think as a whole, our industry, instead of right now is a time for us all to come together. I've always said the thing about that I don't, one of my things I don't like about the cannabis industry, and it's not just cannabis, it's business in general. There is enough food out there for all of us to have a seat at the table. Right. Okay, and so this is a time for me, even in my competitors, because this is affecting companies that have three letters in their names. This is people like the Volcano brand, Da Vinci, everybody, everybody. This is affecting because people, how about people that dab, the emails, the rigs, that is an electronic vaporizer. Okay, so you can't, you can't do that. But the people who are going to get really hurt are going to be the elderly, the uh, poor the people who live in rural America, because maybe you could find a vape shop or your dispensary to go buy it. What if there isn't one in your state? What if New York has closed down most of the brick and mortar vape shops? Mm -hmm. There aren't, a, you know, when the E-Valley crisis and everything that happened a couple of years ago, that, that closed a lot of the brick and mortar stores. Um, so you're gonna talk about the disabled. We have a lot of people that buy off of our website that are blind handicapped wheelchairs, but yet they, maybe they get a once a month, you know, ride to their dispensary to get their medicine. You know, in, in many states, we're going further and further into legalization. And now you're going to put restrictions on some of the stuff that you need to where you have that legal right to consume your medicine, or even if it's recreational in the form of flour, in the form of an edible, in the form of a concentrate. The state of Minnesota is vape only. How am I going to get my vape hardware to those people now. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's, it's, it, 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 I mean, it's, I mean, obviously it was far, it was far overreaching legislation. It had consequences that are far reaching. Um, and, and, you know, companies like yours that are adhering to all those compliance rules obviously aren't affected by it because they're not following the rules anyway. So it's actually putting you at a disadvantage vis-a-vis -vis some of the players that aren't as responsible as you. Well, the other problem too, Jay, is that this is now under the governing the, the governing rule. These rules are going to be enforced by the ATF, right. the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Those people have badges, guns, and handcuffs. And I don't look good in orange. So I'm not going orange is the new black, okay? <laughs> um, so this is this is really in, in, in the amount of money that it's going to cost a business. And I'm not a small, but I'm not large. I'm I'm privately, you know, held. I started this out of my garage, basically, back you know eight years ago, and I've grown it to what it is. 
and I'm, I'm not a publicly traded. I, I've never taken a dime from anybody. I built this company from the ground up by myself. I'm a female, I'm a veteran. I'm the only female veteran owned vape manufacturer distributor in the United States. And it's really, I have veterans on my staff. Um, you know, I treat my staff very well. We, I give them health benefits, medical, dental. I give them 401k, profit sharing. And I have employees that are worried. I'm worried. They're like my kids. And, you know, we're a little family here. And it's, it's devastating to think that somebody with a stroke of a pen could just wipe you out. And let's make no mistake, this is all about big tobacco. Because ironically, the only people that this doesn't affect is someone that has their device or their e-liquid FDA approved. Well, guess who only has anything FDA approved? R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris and soon to be Altria, okay? We also know Altria is making a move into the cannabis space, Certainly here, right? Yeah. They're bought into Kronos, yeah. okay? But, you know, this goes to that because they don't want, and I, and even though we're not in the e-liquid space, and I have friends and clients that are. Uh, we have an organization, the United States Vaping Association. If anybody watches this, please contact and join the USVA because we are trying to have, we do have a case that we're trying, that's going to be in front of the Supreme Court on some of the other rules where they were trying to wipe out the e-liquid side. But, you know, you have a lot of small businesses and medium businesses that this is going to greatly, greatly affect. And, and the cost is going to get, even if I do, if I can stay compliant with the software, which I've God only knows how much that's going to cost to try to become compliant. And I have to file with every state taxation, but not only that, I have to get a license to be able to ship into those states. And how long is that going to take to get to getting a license to be able to ship in there? Okay. Now, like I said, we don't know as far as yet so much on the B2B side, um, the Postal Service really hasn't set their rules yet, but, and they have it open for public comment, but you know, that's not really gonna change anything. It's already set into law. So I do think we need to get organizations when any kind of lobbyist or cannabis organizations and CBD and hemp organizations, everyone has got to take a stance here because those are, it, it, this is, I just don't think people realize the ramifications of what this is, this is gonna do yet because I also have to be able to get my stuff here and with UTS not allowing you to import it. Now, allegedly, I can still use a couple, there's some other, other companies that will let you, you know, hopefully get you to import it or you have, you know, private planes and other, you know, freight companies, but this is a really big deal. And I just don't think people realize the ramification. I've already gotten emails from some of, you know, mailing lists that I'm on where they're like, I mean, even a big company who shall remain nameless, they finally put something on their website and they already stopped shipping small parcels March 1st. Right. Um, so, and, and not everybody buys a pallet worth of stuff. Right. Okay. Right. We have a lot of, you know, dispensaries that are just starting out and they're like, Hey, we, you know, we need thousand batteries a month or we need 500 or even how about a new concentrate company that's going to start making oil and they're going to only make thousand carts a month or whatever. But we have a right. We have rights that are being taken away. There was no discussion on this bill. There was a, wasn't up for debate, but again, as I keep saying, who is probably behind this? Maybe big tobacco, my guess, obviously, uh, no maybe about it. I mean, this also goes back to even when the, and I'm going to use some air quotes, but the manufactured vape crisis that happened 
back almost two years ago when it happened in you know, 2019 with the E-Valley, that was all black market. That was all vitamin E acetate that was coming from the black market. And maybe there was one or two cases where someone said they got sick from a dispensary product, but that wasn't it. The state testing that everybody has to go through, we have to have all of our products tested. We test everything. We are heavy metal tested. We have our clients test their oils in our products for heavy metals testing and leaching. We are on the, a member of the ASTM uh, D37 committee for helping to create the ASTM standards for vape hardware safety. Um, been involved in that for over a year now. And I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. But even when the thing happened back in 2019, and what that happened and with them starting the, the Pre-Market Tobacco Act, where you had to apply to have your device approved by the FDA, which unfortunately Obama is the one who did sign that in. And they've, they kept changing it and changing it. And that's part of what the USDA, um, Jared Navarro is the attorney there that we've been challenging about their authority of, did they have the right to set the deeming rules of the FDA to make that and say what you have to get to be approved? To get something just to file your applications is millions of dollars per right. skew. Right. And then they can just say, no, we don't approve your device and you have no recourse and you just lost your couple million dollars per skew. Right. Right. And they've never really even set the full rules on that. So you have a lot of e-liquid. And like I said, I have friends, some of my staff members vape e-juice. Um, I have friends and family that that was the only thing. I don't want, I don't want a dog e-liquid either, because I think e-liquid is way safer. It's nicotine. It's not tobacco. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even nicotine is not tobacco e-liquid. Some people vape and they're vaping zero. It's PG or VG in some flavor. <laughs> and they've right. deemed that. You have to have, even if it's zero on a bottle of nicotine, you have to have, if there's no nicotine and it's zero and it's just flavor, you have to have warning this contains nicotine. It doesn't. It's some PG, VG and some flavor. And I have to, you have to say that it contains nicotine. So there's a lot, but what I was going to get you some statistics is that why this has hurt big tobacco so much is that back in about 20 years ago, they uh, did the master settlement agreement. So 40, do you know the MSA, the master settlement agreement? Yes. Okay. Do you realize how much money the states have gotten from the MSA? And so just for the listeners, what that means is the 46 out of the 50 states signed on board not to sue big tobacco if they would give them a portion of money, not the tax that the states collect. That's, this is in lieu of. So every pack of cigarettes that the states sell, the state then gets a chunk from R.J. Reynolds, Philip Morris, in the agreement to not sue them for Medicare, Medicaid reimbursements. The money was supposed to be going for smoking cessation and awareness and all of that. The top eight states, since the master settlement agreement went into play, since 1998, California, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. Since 1998, when we, when we heard a hearing from the California people in end of 19, 2019, they were telling us that they had, been, they had gotten almost $17 billion from the MSA. Michigan, my lovely state, this is data up to 1998, has received almost six, had received almost six million. I'm sure there's another, another few, half a million in there somewhere. Massachusetts, five million. New York, 
almost the exact same amount as California, $17 billion. Mm-hmm. Some states, Kentucky being one of them, actually took their MSA money and put it back into tobacco. Okay, so it really didn't go where it was supposed to. But with vaping going like this and cigarette sales going like that, the states were losing money. Forbes magazine just had an article that that tobacco sales didn't really go down during the pandemic, but it didn't necessarily go up, but it stayed about the same, which is good for them because more people were staying home smoking because they didn't have to step outside. They're working from home. They can smoke if they want. So they don't have to buy their vape stuff while they're at work or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's a really big problem and I don't know what it's going to do to our industry, Jay. Yeah. I mean, it's great to hear your perspective, but also the background and what it means to you in particular, because I think it helps uh, illuminate the issue of this piece of legislation that passed in December, signed in January, and that that you are dealing with the repercussions about, but so are, you know, your competitors, the industry, dispensary owners, uh, up and down the supply chain. So it's really helpful to sort of it's think about really that. It's really going to choke the supply and- chain. Yeah, and why we wanted to have you on to, to give an example, and and so what we'll do um, as this goes up, we'll we'll put links to how to get in touch with with the right people uh, that are talking about this on a daily basis because we want to make sure that if people have have questions, have concerns, that they actually get in touch um, and, and and join you in this effort. So so Dana, thank you so much for joining us. Um, at some Appreciate point, we will cross our very thin border between Michigan and Ontario and be able to to spend time together. But but I appreciate your time today. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And again, we just we really need to get the word out. And if anybody that's watching this, please feel free to reach out to me um, that would want to know how they can help and or any of my competitors. Again, this is the time that we need to come together and fight this because it's going to hurt all of us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. We'll connect with you down the road. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.